Hello and welcome to another Tim Talk podcast by Celtic Down Under. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight is Matthew McCarthy. How you going, Matt? Uh, thanks for having me, Jared. Yeah, really good. So you're a Celtic fan over here in Melbourne, Australia. Do you want to give us a bit of a uh, intro on yourself and how you became a Celtic fan? Yep. So I am born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I'm 36. I've been a fan of Celtic as long as I can remember, so to about four years old. So I'm traditionally both half Scottish, half Irish, like most uh, fans. So obviously I get my love from Celtic from my Irish side of the family and my mum's side of the family is the Scottish side. So I have a split family when it comes to loyalty with um, our teams, but um, that's how I became. I'm influenced by my uh, granddad on my dad's side. Uh, well, you ended up on the right side for my liking, so that's a good thing. I did. It could have gone either way. So my mum's family, which I'm really more connected to, um, is from Falkirk. My granddad was actually an apprentice for Aberdeen. Um, so, And majority of that fa- part of the family in Scotland, of course, are Rangers supporters. And I think there's one other cousin and I, and we're, we're the only two green and white Nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing. It's funny when you hear of these crossover families. Like I know a few people have got the same sort of thing there. So I think I honestly only know probably two Rangers fans in my whole world. The rest of them I don't have time for. So you don't have that luxury. It's funny. So like one of my cousins or my mum's cousins, um, we can banter and we have a good chat about it and we can rev each other up and have a laugh and and stuff. But then there's some I just can't talk to them about it. They just they get on the blow to mum and like, sort your son out. Oh, come on, man. It's just because it's a weird, you know, we're here in Australia. We don't live and die like they do by it. I guess being over here, we're removed from that world somewhat. But it is what it is. Yep. Um, I, I know when to pick my battles. <laughs> it's kind of funny to say that. It's like something one of the guys on our normal podcast, Liam, said about the ones you can banter with, they're Rangers fans, and the ones who are trying to change you and are just aggressive about it, they're Huns. That's the difference. Yeah. I, yes, that is exactly right. Um, like, obviously, with Scotland in the Euros, um, a lot of them are raging about it. I'm like, I'm not supporting Scotland. I'm like... Why not? Like, this is the one time we put our swords down and we come together. I Like, we should be right behind the Scottish team. Um, but no, uh, to let a sports club dictate your politics, really, yeah, as I get older, I find I try and distance myself more from that. I know it was such a big thing for a long time, but I think it's time to more to get progressive with that sort of stuff, and that's how I am. Like I got a son now, and I try and keep an open mind with all of that, um, all of that way of life. Especially now, he's starting to take an interest in sport. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. Like as you get older, the whole it just changes. Like your priorities, as you just said, you got a son, so you're not going to be the sort just going rah rah rah. Come on all this sort of stuff, it's all about Celtic when you've got your kid to concentrate on, so it makes sense. And and again, it's not our way of life here in Australia as it is over there. Um, Sorry, it's a bit weird. Like I see it in A-League, and I know you're a victory supporter. Um, I see how some of them behave here like they try and emulate Europe. I'm like, 
if you want the game to grow here, try and do it in an Australian way. That's how I've always looked at it. Like with sports from that are not Australian sports, baseball is another example here in Australia. I've been to one baseball game because the stadium's right near my house and it was all Americanized. And I'm like, oh, if you want this to grow, don't be like that. Like Australians don't like not being Australian. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I think it's more a Melbourne thing to be honest with you, because you go up in the Sydney with the NRL, because I'm a Melbourne Storm season ticket holder as well, and yep. you go up there and everyone hates us because we've been winning for so long. But it's the tribalism that they have up there in their sports. But the away fans don't travel, and the fans don't really mingle. And then you'll come down to Melbourne, you can go to an AFL game, and I could like, you're a Brisbane Lions fan, I'm an Essex yes. fan in the yeah. AFL. So we could go to a game, sit next to each other, have everyone intermingled within the stadium, and you're not going to have much trouble unless Collingwood's involved, basically, or Richmond. (laughs) So it's one of those ones where in Melbourne it's a lot more forgiving. But yeah, what you're saying. You're right. Like even when a family have come out, we've taken to AFL games, they're like, what are you doing? Why are we sitting? Why do we interact? Like, yeah, you're not going to get stabbed here. Like there's no dead man zone. Don't worry. Like. Yeah, that whistle goes or the siren goes. We walk off. We have a laugh, and game's over. Like, but what I've noticed with sport in Sydney, they just don't have. Like, I've been to Sydney and Brisbane for sporting events. They just don't have that passion like Melbourne does. I'm not saying Brisbane. Brisbane has it, but not like Melbourne. Melbourne is just uh, a world above the rest. I, I can't speak for Adelaide and. Um, Western Australia because I've never been there for sporting events. But, um, yeah, what it's like in Melbourne compared to Sydney is super intense. But, again, you can go and enjoy yourself at the same time. Yeah, Western Australia is the, probably the closest I've found to Melbourne. Yeah, well, because, well, obviously, like with the West Coast and um, Frio and Perth Glory because they're a standalone team over there, the only one from the NSL. So, and then you got the basketball team, one town. Oh yeah, the Wildcats. Sort of thing there. Isn't that who's in the finals now? Yeah, they're playing against the Melbourne team. So yeah, they're going for their third straight. So it's it's interesting the sports culture over here, how different it is to Europe. <coughs> like I got a mate who came over, man, you're not massive Man United fan. Mm. You couldn't believe we could drink beer in the stadium. Yeah, that's the thing. They get they load up before a game. Isn't that why it's their games are only at certain times, like night games are during the week because yeah. they can't. So if you have a game on a Saturday night, they just, they yeah, they load up and just go feral. He was telling me he went to a game at West Ham. So travelling down from Manchester, they travel down, they leave at whatever stupid o'clock, get on the bus, travel down. They're all just piling on the cans the whole, like six, seven in the morning. By the time they walk into the stadium at like, 11 o'clock for a midday kickoff, they're all gone. Yeah, they're all they're all for a skinful, which uh, it could be fun, but, yeah, they don't – What they go uh, pretty intense. It's like when they you see them travel abroad and they cause a ruckus. Um, it's a bit it's a bit shit. But, actually, I've been following a lot of the Scotch, Scottish boys and oh, <laughs> they, man, that amazing. has been such a great weekend seeing all that. Been, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so we'll jump yeah. back in a Celtic then. So we'll touch on it quickly. What was your review of last season? 
who were your top performers and who do you think underperformed? I know he led the goal scoring for the league, but Edwin did disappoint me. Just his attitude, he just seemed like he was already gone. Um, he frustrated the hell out of me. He's such a brilliant player, but, yeah, he underperformed. All the the loanies we got, they just weren't up to it. Um, favourite player to watch? He and one of the questions you've got for me later, uh, Christopher Iyer, he was head and shoulders above the rest, but he's clearly out the door too. Um, and David Turnbull, that like that's been a great signing. Um always was going to be. So they're probably the two of, yeah, I was the, and Turnbull for me and Edwin and all the, uh, like Kamala, um, what's his name, um, and Laxall. I really wanted Laxall to work. Oh, and of course Shane Duffy. That, wow, poor, yeah, I really wanted to go into bat for him, but hey, it just didn't happen, unfortunately. My opinion, it was all the loanees. They came in, they played well for two, three games and then started to just lower their standards. They just dropped off, didn't they? So like Laxalt comes in from AC Milan for the first two or three games. I thought he was probably one of our better players. And then by the end of the season, he was he couldn't he didn't even know if he was out there. No. And then yeah, you, had, sort of... you had the same with Duffy. He comes on a couple of headers. We're thinking it's a big no nonsense centre back that we need. He can give us an aerial target in the box and then he does nothing after his first two games. Same, Kenny comes in, does nothing. Yeah, he was, I don't know, I'd see the point in that one. Um, That's we missed Evans, Anthony Julian. Rolston. There you go. No, sorry? That's Evidence Anthony Rolston. Yeah. But, yeah, we missed um, Big Julian big yeah. time. So hopefully he's fit and ready to go. I wanted to see more Youth Academy players, uh, some homegrown talent. I really wish they had have done that. It was just a shambles. It just looked like part of it was going to happen. Like a lot of people just thought it would happen and it clearly wasn't. Um, It's a funny old uh, league in Scotland. You can't take a breath and reset. It's because it's a two-horse town, really, unfortunately. It's either you live and die, like by the sword, like so – Celtic lose and they just get hammered. And now Rangers is, you know, they're sitting there having a laugh and we can't, you can't reset and take time to rebuild. It's got to be straight away. Not like, you know, we've at the main sport here in Australia, like people have cycles of like five or six years rebuilds. You just don't get that opportunity. It's go, go, go. Yeah, not unless you're a team like Dundee United, for instance, who sold all their good players to us back in the day and then yeah. dropped down, got relegated, rebuilt, and now rebuilt. They're and here they are. They're not a bad. Um, so, so who, like Andy Robinson played there. Um, yeah, Stuart Armstrong came from there. Yeah, they had Mackay Stevens, Nadia Chifty. Um, they had a couple of other guys there as well. I can't remember at the moment, but they had a decent squad. They did. And yeah, but now they've worked their way back up. I, I, my hope is not uh, for, for Celtic is I want the Scottish League to be strong. I really do. Um, I think not just Celtic. Obviously, I want Celtic to win everything, of course. Like, you know, I'm not one of these like, no, it gets boring winning. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but you do want the league to be as best as it can. Um, you know, it's a tough league, like physical, 
Um, and that's why I think Ange will be good, but we'll get into that. But, yeah, when Scottish football is good, football is good, I reckon. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the Scottish League missed a trick with um, not bringing in financial fair play when Rangers died and they were suddenly zombies come back, coming up through the different levels. They, um, yeah. They brought in financial fair play. Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, Dundee, United, those sort of clubs, even St Johnston, who are pretty financially secure, would have would have been a lot better off because it's they would tough. have because then teams would have been investing long term in their youth academies. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, as you said, you wanted to bring through some young players under Lenny. That wasn't going to happen. First of all, no. and different story. But at the same time, it's if. Financial fair play was brought in, then Rangers coming up wouldn't have been able to financially break the way they have to get to where they are at the moment. Yeah. And uh, what was I going to say? Because there were some of those years um, where Rangers were down that I sort of just tuned out a bit. Um, I think the last season of running, um, it's sort of we won it, but like – Aberdeen bottled it. Like that, I honestly thought that was theirs. Like they should have won that league that year. Um, but hey, it is what it is. We'll still take the win, won't we? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, as we just touched on, then with Ange coming in, what's your take on the club structure at present? Like we've got Ange is coming as a manager, which I want to get your point of view on what sort of job you think he'll do as an Australian. But also, do you think the club needs to bring in a director of football above him to oversee recruitment, overseeing the youth academy, the Colts and everything? Or do you think it should just be the same structure we had under Rogers, where it's manager and they run their show? So, No, I think – I definitely think a director of football is needed. Look, Brendan – he, you know, he's a world-class manager. Like, he's just gone – He's just shown, like, what he's doing at Leicester. He's doing great things. Like, you're not going to get a Brendan Rodgers every every time we have a manager. So I think, especially for Ange, first time in Europe, he's going to need all the help he can get. Hopefully he gets it. So I know Harkin from Man City was the talk, but that's not happening, is it? No, he's staying where he is. Yeah. Um, I think Gordon's going to come back and do it. Is that the word? Because his son, Gavin's there. Um yeah, the talk is Gordon Strachan uh, coming in. Yeah. For me, that's not what I want to see. But I mean, you, you, yeah, we just kind of want someone outside that might be un, you know, unbiased and like just call it as it is. But I do think Ange will need that sort of support. Um, I'm very happy with the appointment of Ange. I was wrapped um, because again, Australia and Scotland have a very similar attitude. Um, and I think his no-nonsense approach, like we know every team he's coached here has been great. Um, what, two A-League titles. He would have had a third with um, victory, but he took the Australian job mid-season because they were flying at the time. Um, yeah. And he made probably that was the best Australian team, the style when he was at, uh, at the head um, playing. So I've made, I've been fighting with Scotty Celtic fans about it on Twitter, no end when he was announced. Like, who is he? What's he done? Who cares? I'm like, I don't see any Scottish um, managers at World Cups, mate. So, 
my, my response to a lot of people was, <laughs> do you want him who's got all this track record or do you want Roy Keane or Jack Ross? They're, yeah, like – They're your options. Well, Roy Keane, he, he was a manager 10 years ago and he did nothing then. Um, Jack Ross is doing okay with hips. Okay, but what? Yeah, why are we going for just okay? Like we want something world class. Like, yeah, we had a real world class um, with Brendan, but we're gonna get what's available and what they're willing to spend. And I think Ange will. I think it's a good fit. It's a big risk. I'm not happy with the idea they've given him a 12 month rolling contract. Like, is that what Eddie Howe was gonna get? It's what everyone gets at Celtic. Even Rogers had that when he came in. Oh, did he? He okay. had that for his first deal. On <laughs> after the treble, he signed a five-year deal. So we'll see. That's the thing. Like, Ange doesn't have the time to – he will need to prove success straight away or that's it, um, which I, I'm looking forward to him just playing better football because what they served up last year was – it was hard to watch. It really was. Um just the fitness of the players was right off. Um, it just, yeah. Just. That's what I think Ange's biggest issue will be coming in other than recruitment with people wanting to leave will be getting the team fit because they were that unfit last season and the way Ange's teams like to play, they've got to be the fittest and most supremely conditioned team there is in the league by a long shot. And with where we're coming from, I think that's going to be his biggest issue. Big time. Look, one difference I have and is a bit of a talking point is Lee Griffith. Last off-season, all he could, was worried about was making stupid TikToks and stuff. But now I see him putting in the work, um, getting a personal trainer. So he he clearly wants to have a, one last crack. And you know what? I think Ange and him I did talk, and that sounds positive. So I want to see him... Yeah, have one roll of the dice, showing what he's showing what he's got. Actually, my cousin mentioned. Uh, I spoke to him after the uh, Czech Republic game with Scotland, and he's like, "You know, he should have been out there, Lee Griffith." And I'm like, "You know what? Yeah, maybe in that last twenty minutes, he could have come out and put stuff away." But uh, see how he goes. Yeah, it's um, got a long. One thing with Ange when he comes in, as he always says, it gives everyone a clean slate. So Griffiths could be. Could be a surprise for us, but at the same time, he's got a lot of um, making up to do to the support. Big time. Team. He really does. But he's putting his best foot forward so far. So that's what we've, yeah, what we're waiting on. All right. So we'll jump on to the next thing, which is we just touched on about recruitment. How do you think it's been over the last 12 to 18 months? Oh, well, yeah, we said at the top about the loanees, they were all. They did nothing. Um, How about they, Yeti they were, and Barkas? Guys, we spent £10 million pound on. Yeah, no good. Um, well, they're one goalkeeper. Have to get a world-class keeper. Um, Bain is all right, but he's not your main man. Um, well, I actually, I think I read today about Matt Ryan. Yeah, that's the talk. Apparently, Matt Ryan would be... Yeah, a good one, especially working with Ange. Yeah, three to five million pound they're saying for him for the transfer, and be interesting to see if it happens because if he comes in, like I said on the 
on another Tim Talk that we've just released this today, well, yeah, if we can get him in, then that's 15 points a season you'll make up in the same yeah. way that McGregor's done that for Rangers, then that's the sort of level we need because Bain is not a starting quality keeper. I've been saying that for years. He needs to be either the guy off your bench or he needs to go. Barkas, I don't know about him because I've never seen him make a save, but <laughs> yeah, he's apparently I- a ball-playing goalkeeper, so that would suit the way Ange likes to play. But if he doesn't have the shot-stopping ability, who knows? So it's going to be an interesting one. And then Hazard, I want to see him go out on loan to a Premier League team. for the Yeah, whole- get him some experience because, um, you know, he, he has his boot mode, like obviously the Scottish Cup, you know, making, you know, penalty saves in a shootout in his third ever appearance. Like yeah. for a kid, that's that's massive. But, yeah, he still needs to get the the experience under his belt. If he was to go somewhere like Ross County for 12 months or mm. – something like that, or Dundee United, if if Seagrass leaves, get him in there for 12 months, that would be perfect for him. Big time. Like in the, the experience you get at that level, so not at a relegation-threatened premiership team, but a middle-tier one. Mid-table. Mid you can get him yeah, want to have a, make an impact. Exactly. Want to get into the top six. His development in the 12-month period would be a couple of years' worth of experience yeah. in that role rather than going down to a bottom feeder. Big time. I still... I don't know if it was the right, but you know, like I know he's getting on Craig Gordon. Like he was one of my favorite Celtic players ever. Um, I was going to talk about that too coming up. Um, I always loved watching Craig Gordon. Um, not that I'm a keeper myself, but I could just—he was just super reliable to me. Um, just went about it. People may have different opinions, but he was—I really um, rated Craig, but. Yeah, had to do what we had to do, didn't we? He wanted to uh, play senior, uh, I mean, first-team football, and he wasn't getting it, so home he went. I think it was more about the pay packet more than anything, if you yeah. ask me, because if you're going to be – they're trying to like get all their ducks in a row to bring in Fraser Forster, which didn't happen, you're going to – and if you've got Craig Gordon wanting a certain amount of money and he's not guaranteed to be first drop, you bet you're thinking, okay, we'll keep that money, we'll push that – forced his way and then that never happened and at that point he was already out the door so yeah yeah well wasn't he a machine so if they'd have got him i reckon that would have been a big difference if he had a stayed to a very big difference into how this season went yep agreed so you touched on it earlier about odson edward and chris Iyer potentially leaving do you think there's anyone else that's going to be moving on? We already had the loanees of Gorn. Who else do you think, if there's anyone? I think Hendry um, is going to sign for that, um, what are they called, Belgium club? Yep, you stand. Um, and I'm pretty uh, – Chris uh, Chris Ryan. Ryan Christie. Um, I reckon he's going to go um, – which I'm a bit torn between because he's brilliant. His best is the best, like is incredible, but it's few and far between. His um, inconsistency does my head in, especially this season. Um, but yeah, time will tell. If he stays, cool. But I think Ryan Chris would be the one to go as well. Yeah, I'm thinking you're going to have guys like Christie, Ayer, 
Edward. You'll probably see one of Bain and Barker's sleeve. And you and probably see someone like in Cham leave as well. Oh yeah, I think Cham he's not coming back. Yeah. Um I've resigned to that a while ago. He he wanted out, and that's what they did. So they gave it him. Um, the other one I'm thinking about is Bolonkoli. What do we do with him? Oh, he off the books straight away. I, th- I he should have been terminated, not loaned out. To be yeah. honest, like I was trying that to was possibly the most selfish thing you could ever imagine in the yeah. climb, and that was right in the height of what was going on. Like we just got football back, and then he goes and does that. Um, yeah, there was thousands of people dying a day over yeah. in the UK. Yeah, they still time. get 10,000 cases a day over yeah. in the UK. Um, but that's the issue. You had thousands of people dying. You had, yeah. you had tens of thousands of people with cases every day, and this guy leaves the country to go get some tail. Like, exactly. I just so my, my brother lives there, and he was due to – he was planning on moving home, and, and they're stuck. They can't. But, yeah, and then this guy, he flies to Spain for 24 hours for whatever. Yeah, yeah. I would have terminated him on the spot, paid him out, see ya, if that's it. The only funny thing, though, with him, I'm just going to touch on it, is he's the sort of player that would fit Ange's system perfect. Be perfect for Ange in his system. I've said the same about Taylor. Like, I think Taylor's going to make a great development under And, but ready to go. The way Ange likes to have attacking fullbacks, mm. Ball and Golly would tick every box. And what we said earlier about Ange, where he'll sit down with everyone and give them all a clean start, that's great. But Ball and Golly's gone and pretty much. Yeah, I don't think. I think he is. I don't think there's no coming back from that. Like, that's a. Uh, because he, he hasn't stayed at the club, they just got rid of him, and so that's a bit. Yeah, that's a different situation. Like he hasn't. Yeah. Yeah, that one was too big a thing to, um, to get to come back from for me. We loaned him out so we could have a resale value on him this off season. Yeah. Pretty much the way I'm thinking. And as hey, look at Sharma, he's gone over there and he's done nothing. Yep. They, I don't think they wanted him. No. So. I think you left because he rocked up there. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. Uh, So what areas of the team do you think we need to strengthen? Defence, 100%. Like those set plays were killing us all season. Um, But, yeah, defence needs to – and and I get Aya was a great – you know, he was world-class defender. But, yeah, it just seemed the defence – I actually both ends of the ground, to be honest. Like finishing was – it's funny, like, yeah, like we got Edward, I are two really good players. Um, one did perform, uh, or well, they did both perform, but I still think that's probably our, our finishing was lacking and, yeah, our defence was needed to be tightened up. It's funny, though, because we talk about Ange and how oh, his team's all, if you score three, we'll score four sort of thing. Yeah. And you're like, if Edward moves on, then we definitely need to replace him with a quality striker. Big time. But at the same time... I think we need quality striker or, or two, or we promote a Falabi who I think I've, I've been a big rap one since we signed him, put him into Klamala's spot and bring in a quality striker to replace Edward. We need a couple of wingers. The central part of midfield I'm happy with, probably another defensive midfielder to take Bruni's spot in the squad. And then yes. the rest of the money all needs to be spent on the back line. We need two right backs. We need one left back if we sell Bolongoli. Mm. We need 
probably three, two or three centre backs because Julian's out till September, October. Still, so what did he do actually while we're on that? Did his knee? Yeah, so it was a. I thought it was a broken leg. No, it was a knee. I don't, I don't know exactly what he did, but he was over in Clairefontaine in France at the training facility they've got over there, and he was just doing all his rehab. But, yeah, apparently mm. he's, he's not going to be on the pitch until we're looking at October sort of time. So, yeah, so we're going to need at least two centre-backs because if I leaves, you got him. you still got to replace Duffy's spot. Yep. So, I'd, so you've got Welsh there. You've got Julian there who can do a job, but then you need more than two centre-backs because I don't want to have new Bitton playing centre-back going into Europe. So you'd need three there. And then you've got to figure out what you're going to do with the goalkeeper situation. Do you bring Matt Ryan in? If you do, great. So all up, there's probably about nine players or something we've got to bring through. But then at the same time, Ange may come in and look at it and go, Leo Connor, yep, I like the look of you at the training camp. You're going to be one of my right-backs, so I only have to sign one now. He could look at, Young Armstrong and go, yep, I like you as a left back. Cool. You go there. I don't need to sign anyone. So then if he does that from his youth academy, that's great. You may look at young Dan Ballet and go, I like you. Extend his contract. Play him as James's backup at right. Then you need to go get one other left midfielder. And then if that happens, great. That means he won't have to sign as much, which means he can then spend more on the players that he does yeah. need. So it's, that's where the training camp's going to really come in handy. So I saw he's in London. Is he in lockdown? Or what's the go? He just I don't came out of it yesterday. Ah, okay. So, so yeah, I saw he met with um, Mackay. Yeah, he came out of it. And the day he came out, there was an interview up on Celtic TV and on the YouTube channel and everything. And then he went to the Scotland-England game with Mackay. And the talk is he's going to be up at Lennox Town Monday, Tuesday. Oh, that's good. So I haven't – I watched the Scotland-England game obviously yesterday morning. Um, but because I've had my son this week, so um, being a sporting <laughs> prowess hasn't been the greatest. Been on dad watching. duties, that's understood. Yeah, dad duties. <laughs> but uh, no, it was um, actually, I'm still buzzing from Saturday morning. That was such a great um, result. I know we're celebrating a draw, but what it's the build up to it and them thinking how great they are and prove that they're not. Yep. It made me, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we'll jump on to another topic then for you. Who would be your all-time favourite Celtic player and why? When you sent me this, I, it was still racking my brain. Um, Gary Hooper came to mind. Um, he, I really liked him. Um, but I'd probably say Tommy Roddy. Um, I know he's a recent one, um, it did, and I know it's cliche to say Scott Brown because I like I love Scott Scott Brown's leadership. I've been at times some of I've taken to my own sporting, just the way he goes about it. Not I remember in particular was it the New Year's Eve game, and we went down one nil, and I just just to see him get everyone up. Like, you know, they scored early and they got – he just – to watch him get everyone up, I'm like, that's a world-class leader. I, 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 I'll I never forget that moment. That was the invincible year. Yeah. Do you know the game I'm talking about? I think, I think we won 2-1 in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, at Ibrox. 
because um, we, you know, that was the game after Dembele scored the hat trick, and so they came out and they were clearly on top and uh, and scored pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I just watched him rally everyone and bring them back up, the game, yeah. which was good. My first favorite player, and this is showing my age, was George Cadet. Hey. <laughs> so that that was when the first like that was the first Celtic game I ever watched, um, Celtic Rangers when I was about nine maybe because um, it was hard out here. Like I was listening to your your previous ones. Um, hey, you're saying you got VHS sent out? Like, um, so yeah, in the nineties, Foxtel was just becoming a thing, and so games were sparse. Yeah, so nothing on. Was there nothing on? And it, it's been, that was it. It's been very hard to follow Celtic until the dawn of social media. Um, even still, like it was like in the two thousands. Like when I was teens to my mid twenties, I I I didn't watch. I couldn't watch. Um, I really went away from sport because I'm a musician. It was a time in my life that I really just focused on music. And, I, like, even the Brisbane Lions here, I really did, I didn't go to a game for about five years. Like, I always kept it up to date because you've got no choice here. You, you know what's happening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, um, that middle period of the 2000s, yeah, I didn't really come back on. I uh, wasn't really across it as much. And then with more faculty, being an adult, Getting Foxtel and I was able to keep up more. Um, yeah, you, you always tend to go with the Australian Scott McDonald. Always loved watching him. Yeah. Um, and and James and probably the current player would be James Forrest. Yep. Good. I really like yeah. James yep. Forrest too. I think this season really um, turned there are a lot of people's view around on Jamesy because he's always been a bit of a big time. Bit of a winning boy, and then you see people him giving him hell, but he is such a great player. And you saw, like, when he came on against Czech Republic with Andy Robinson, he just brought the balance back to that um, to them. We obviously didn't win, but he came, went back onto the left side and just yeah, the balance. I yeah, we missed him big time. There's the there's the same levels, and like, if people thought his level was like. Mid mid tier, five out of ten sort of player. Mm. I think absence made the heart grow fonder a bit. Where everyone in their mind is now thinking, "Oh, here's a seven or an eight out of ten every week." We missed that because you look at who was playing in that position. Ryan Christie is good as a central midfielder, as an attacking yeah, midfielder. He's not that, yeah, down the wing. And that's where he played player. his. That's where he played his best for us. Once you got him out on that wing, then it was like ball kept going into Rose Ed, and we're like, mm. "It's Forrest. We need Forrest back." Yeah. Yeah. So, your top five Celtic players that you've seen in your lifetime—you just rattled off a few there. But is there any that you would want to add to that? Uh the King, number one. Like I remember seeing him yep. as a teenager. He, yeah, but he'd score him from anywhere. He was an amazing. Um, and that was just when he left. Was about the time that I sort of focused on my music. Um, so, yeah, Henrik Larsson for sure. Um, yeah, Gary Hooper I really liked. Um, 
And then more at Tom, I mean, Tom, yeah, Tommy, um, Brownie and, yeah, Scott would be. So, so a lot of Australians. Um, an interesting team there that score a lot of goals. Yeah, big time, yeah. So That's always cool. love the glory I am. <laughs> All right. And my, my last question that I always like to leave the podcast on would be, if you could pick any one player other than Messi or Ronaldo that you've seen play football and wish that they could have signed for Celtic and pulled the hoops on, who would it be? Um, actually, the one person I do want to see play for uh, for Celtic is Andy Robinson. Um, apart from – actually, can I add KT to my top five? Yeah. KT, I, I don't know why I didn't say this because KT is my favourite player on the planet. Um, Man crush. There it is. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, it'd be Andy Robinson for sure. Um, and it just reaffirmed it on Saturday, um, just the heart he plays with. And I know he's a fan. Like he he wants to come. He said it will happen, but I'd lo- I can't wait for the day it does happen. Um, yeah. To see Andy play, um, that would be that'd be amazing. My one issue with him is if he keeps playing at the level he's playing at now, he's not leaving Liverpool anytime soon. No, yeah, that's he won't come. That is the like problem. Like 34, when, when he's going to come when he's thirty six, <laughs> something yeah. like. Well, there's no good to us then. But at that, point, like then that's just a victory lap and like a token gesture. You don't want him to be. Um, that's called doing a Roy Keane. Yeah, exactly. And what, he played eight games for nothing? Yeah, pretty much. So that's what my one concern with Robertson is. But, yeah, if he came in, great. I'd be happy with that. But but that's that's going to be on Scottish football to be to, to be stronger so that when we go where a good – when we play in Europe, we're not just there and playing group stages. We're going into the knockout stages and having a real crack. Like – that's what you want. Like, you know, we see uh, trophies come in all the time. Um, obviously not this year, but, you know, we've been spoiled. But we really want to see them go to Europe and really, like, people like, shit, going to play at Celtic Park, that's hard work. Or, shit, we've got Celtic coming. This is going to be, oh, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, we want to bring the, the fear back. Of big time. Coming to Celtic like, Park and knowing... Oh, it's not just the crowd that's going to be something to look out for. Yeah, exactly. Well. You want the players to know oh, you're playing. Like they're going to know who they're playing against. And yeah, that's not just a Celtic thing. That's a Scottish football thing. Yep. Um, I believe and the TV money thing, in my opinion, as well. That oh, has a lot to do with it, mate. That Super League thing that did my head in. I, I can't believe. Oh, of course, I was upset about it, but I can't believe I was more shocked how upset it did make me. Like, for a good week, I was just in a shit mood because of it. I'm like, why is this getting to me so much? Yeah. Because you knew that we'd get dragged into it. That's the thing for me. That was- yeah, that was the thing I'm like. Because I'm like, for Celtic to Rangers to say, yep, we're involved. Like, it was as soon as those guys were saying, yep, okay, we're, um, we're off. Then it's like, okay, now it's a British Premier League and come on down in here. You guys be the big guys, you know, bring your crowds and give us the TV money off the back of your reputation. Yet mm-hmm. you never wanted to get us that TV money beforehand. So it was kind of like stuff like that was what what gave me the shits more than anything. And because uh, even Rangers, like here, there's such a support. Um, 
isn't it? I like I know more Celtic and Rangers fans than I do um, apart from Man City and Chelsea. Um, I like the big clubs out here than any other club. Like, I don't know many Tottenham fans, that's for sure. Oh, no, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's – um. Yeah, you're right. Like Celtic's probably a top five supported club over here in Australia. Oh, big time. Oh, it's because we've had so many, like, ancestry. Like, again, mine. That's mine. Um, it goes right back to the first fleet and for talking about Australia here and all the, you know, the Irish crims that come over here to help build the colony exactly. and everything and, and the Scottish ones that, you know, there's been a lot of that here the whole time. And then Australian history with a bit of gold rush and a lot of, Scottish and Irish people come out for that as well. So, yeah, yep, we're well entrenched um, over here. Well entrenched, that, that exactly, and um, it's good. I w- I'd love to see it. I didn't. I missed out. In, was it two thousand and nine that Celtic came out here? Yeah, I think so. I missed out on that. I would have loved to have. Hopefully, one day, I get across and get to see them in in real life. That was the best. It was- I've told the story in the pod a few times, but yeah, I was there and I told someone to sit down because she was yelling at Bruni. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that was the person my now wife was at that game with. <laughs> oh, gold. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I'll just have to play in my um, Celtic jersey for my indoor soccer team, and that's about it at the moment. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's what I love. That's a yeah, big a big rush is I get to play in it. Like I know it again Thursday night division two soccer, but I just it's one of my favorite things to do each week is to put that jersey on. I know my teammates might not think the same about me. Again, like I said, it's just a pish muck around league, but even just to run around it, it makes me feel ten foot tall. That's great, yeah. Um and you would have seen on um, Twitter that yeah, last year we won a we won the champion we won the league yeah um, win it which was a lot of fun, like that and it really especially twenty twenty was such a shit year for a lot of people like that was by far my standout moment of twenty twenty was be able to do that. Well, I'm jealous, mate, because. <laughs> <laughs> You get to run around, win trophies in the hoops, and uh, <laughs> just like your heroes back in Glasgow. So, yeah. um, more of that to come this year under Aussie Ange. In- oh, I reckon so. I reckon watch out. Like a lot of people were like, "Oh, who is him?" I'm like, "Nah." And you know what? It's a bold move by Celtic, but if it pays off, it's going to set a precedence that people are going to like, oh, hang on. There's more there's football place, there's more, in Europe. Yeah, exactly right. Um, would I say there's anyone else in Australia that could probably be that good? But no, not right now. But who says that won't be the case coming, you know, in the future? Yep, exactly. So, yeah. All right. So what we'll do, Matt, is we'll leave it there. Thanks for uh, having a chat with us for the podcast. No, no worries. You on. Come on the hoops and hail, hail. Hail, hail.